verses 6 through 8, and 19 through 28 from the NIV. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do, they, what do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. May God's word shape him upon us. Amen. Thanks, Casey. So I'm going to not stand up on the stage. I'm going to be down here. It just feels wrong somehow to stand up there and want to be close. It feels more intimate. So that's what we'll do. But from my experience, um, the best and most precious things are delivered, are, are carried. And uh, as I say that, I'm thinking about uh, the gift, the uh, Chris, early Christmas gift I gave to myself. I thought it was going to come tomorrow, but it came yesterday. And it's a new laptop. And, uh, you know, a laptop... You know, it's something you get every 10 years, or if you're a tech person, maybe every five, or maybe every three years. And you wonder, well, when, when should you get, get, get a laptop? And uh, well, you know, the new Intel Generation 8 uh, CPUs are out, so I, I wanted to get one. And, uh, and, and my wife was like, okay, but you're not getting another one for like 10 years. <laughs> so I'm like, but the, the UPS guy brought it, and I was so, Excited because the big brown package came and there's like B&H photo on it. I'm like, yes, it's here, right? And I didn't even have to pay shipping for it. So the best things come delivered and in packages and are given to us as gifts. That's why people like the mailman so much, right? Because he brings cards, he brings hopefully not bills or foreclosure notices, but... You know, a lot of times he plays, uh, he brings good things. And I, I spent two years uh, between calls uh, as a U.S. United States Postal Service uh, deliverer. And uh, I know that people like the mailman. They're always glad to see the mailman. What did you bring to me today? And especially around the holidays when it's raining and snowing, what does the UP, USPS promise? Through rain, sleet, and snow, we're going to deliver to you. We'll get it there. And I remember the days just walk trudging through the snow or getting wet 
and um, it being Christmas, near Christmas, and um, one, one time in Seattle, there was a, a lot of snow, like a blizzard, and um, our, our supervisor said, just be careful, okay? Don't, if it's, if it's too dangerous to deliver the package, don't do it, just bring it back. Um, and as I had, a, it was like five o'clock, it was, I wanted to go home, it was getting dark, I didn't have my headlamp, so I couldn't see the addresses, and it was snowing and I was wet, my feet were getting wet because the rain was starting to get through my socks, or the snow was starting to get through my socks, uh, but I had this one last package, right? And, but it was down this hill in a cul-de-sac uh, at the house at the end, and I knew I couldn't drive it down or else I'd be stuck there. I wouldn't be able to drive back up. Um, but on it said to whatever, Tommy from Grandma. And I was like, I gotta get this package. <laughs> because it's the weekend's coming up. Christmas was over a weekend. It's gonna be too late, right? And so I was like, I'm gonna do this. So I slipping and sliding and tripping and finally made it down and delivered it to very joyful and happy faces. And it was a pleasure, such a pleasure, to deliver this good news, this good package. So the best of things, the most precious of things, are delivered, right, and are carried and given to us as gifts. And I think about this as we think about these words, these words that are themes for Advent, hope, peace, love, joy, that these things aren't things that you can just go, right? I'm going to conjure this up for myself. I'm going to like bring it out of nothing. If I just try harder, these things will be in my life. I will just hope more. I'm just going to love more or receive your love more so I'll feel more loved or I will be more at peace. That doesn't sound very peaceful, does it? I'm just going to have Joy, no matter what my circumstances, I'm going to have joy. Ah! And the whole point of Advent is that we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting for a special delivery. We're waiting for that gift to be carried to us, right? Like a package and given and to be surprised. You've heard the phrase, surprised by joy. <clears throat> Right? And that's true. All of these things are surprises from God because they're not circumstance-driven. Does that make sense? They're not based on circumstance. Right? You can have joy, as Erica said, in the midst of suffering. You can have joy in the midst of poverty. You can have joy in the midst of sickness. Because joy is something that's given to us in spite of what's going on. Amen? And so, same thing with hope. You could be in the middle of despair. It could be, you could be, have been waiting for something for a long, long time. And you're just tired of waiting. I'm just tired of waiting. And then hope springs up like a well in your heart. It's a gift. It's delivered. Peace, right? We talked about last week. What is the antithesis or the opposite of peace? It's chaos, 
or it's anxiety, or it's war and conflict, right? Everything around you can be worrisome, burdensome, violent, or chaotic. And our tendency can be to tense up and to be worried, right? And I talked about how I love, I'm just an anxious worry word, right? I stress out about a lot of things that I shouldn't be stressing out about, especially when I'm not in control of things, right? Like traffic or people moving faster, or that person in the left lane moving over into the right lane when I'm trying to go fast. I don't control those things, and yet it stresses me out. I worry. And yet peace can come upon us when we receive and know that God is a God who enfolds us and, and picks us up and holds us and gives us peace. This is a gift. And so in Advent, we wait. It's a season of waiting. Right? It's a season of waiting for God's presence, for the baby Jesus to be more profoundly real in our lives. And I was talking to Erica about this this week. Um, she showed me, or she sent this video to me about how the first miracle, actually, the first loving act of God was not just at the cross and resurrection, but actually God's first salvific and loving act was in the incarnation, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his son to us. And in the beginning of John, our passage, John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning of the, was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? The fact that God's Son, God, came down to a world that was broken and hurting and became one of us in flesh, right? That, that's beautiful. That's an act of love. So I was like, oh man, what if, you know, what if we, instead of crosses, we wore like little mangers on necklaces, right? To, to symbolize the incarnation, right? God, God's act of love was this incarnation. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying let's overturn all our symbols and take the cross off and put a nativity up there. I'm saying, right, that this is a special time, Advent, because what we're waiting for we're not just waiting for, oh, we're waiting for the baby Jesus symbolically, right? Baby Jesus is coming, right? But what we're celebrating and feasting about at Advent is God with us, Emmanuel, right? That God in his love decided to make things more tangible, to express his love way more tangibly and physically by actually becoming among us and being present and so as we, as a church, as the people of God, wait during Advent and anticipate, we're saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, God. Be more tangible to us. Be more present in this place. Be more active and powerful and miraculous in my life today. We need you. And we celebrate Emmanuel, God, with us. We celebrate the Incarnation Right? Where the powerful and the spiritual and the physical and the tangible meet. Right? That's Jesus. And we are both met in our humanness, right? Just our humanness, our worries, 
our anxieties, our fears, our despair. And at the same time, we're met and acknowledged as who we are, human, but we're empowered, right? And we're filled. And this is what John came to deliver. Think about John as your friendly neighborhood mailman, right? I said good things, precious things come in packages that are delivered, like gifts, like Christmas gifts um, by the postal service. John was like your letter carrier. He was bringing the good news of the gospel ahead of Jesus to the people who were desperate and hungry and thirsty. And the people were gathered all around him. They were wanting, they were, they were starving for what he had to say. They were starving for the truth that he had about this coming Messiah, this man who would come and save the world from their sins. Make way for him. Right? Level out the mountains. Set the path straight. Repent. Turn around for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And John the Baptist was baptizing people and they were coming by hundreds and droves. And the Pharisees and the other religious leaders were like, we didn't get the memo, right? What's happening? Something's astir here. Like, something's happening. Right? It, it'd be kind of like what I'd be feeling if I heard like Friday night, some people, some of you guys were meeting downstairs and I didn't get any, no one told, no one ran it through Pastor Dave, right? And all these young people were like, inviting their friends, and it was becoming 50, 80, 100, and they were praising God, and they actually started an alternative worship service on Friday nights, and someone else was preaching, and I'd be like, what, what, what happened? And so I would come, right, if I was envious and being a diva self, I'd be like, who said you're going to do this? Let's shut it down. And they'd be like, something good is happening here, right? Why are you so envious? Why are you shutting this down? And that's the Pharisees and the religious leaders. We didn't get the memo. It didn't come from us. So they begin to what? They begin to interrogate John. And imagine when I use the word interrogation, you think of, you know, the police department. You think of a court case, judges, lawyers, witnesses. John is literally... A witness and he's being cross-examined and what what does a lawyer do right if they're cross-examining a witness what they're what he's trying to do is uh, like an opponent opposing lawyer is trying to either take down his character or his validity or you know do something to shoot down his uh, what he's saying and so they're coming to John and saying who are you Right? They're attacking his character, his identity. Who are you? Are you Elijah? And John answers in the negative a couple times. No, I'm not. I'm not the Elijah. Are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Are you a prophet then? No, I'm not a prophet. And finally, they say in verse 22, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? 
because we need to know that you're legit, right? Because something weird's going on here and we didn't get the memo, it didn't go through us, so we need to shut this down. And John's like, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. I'm the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah or Elijah nor the prophet? Who are you? By what authority do you do these things? I baptize with water, John replies, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. And you remember Jordan, the Jordan traditionally historically for the people of Israel is an important water, is an important river. Right? The people crossed the Jordan into the promised land. Um, and there's baptism happening in these waters. So there's this symbol of going through the Jordan, going into the Jordan and crossing over from one life to another, from death to new life, from captivity to promise. And what John is a witness of, what John is delivering, is this good news to people. Come and have new life. Come and see this person that I'm here to introduce. I'm delivering to you. That is a gift from God to us. This is a gift of love, a gift of joy, a gift of peace, the Messiah. And I'm not the God. I'm just the witness to the light. Right? right before this passage, we have the opening of John, which is this poetic, very beautiful, in the beginning was the word, right? And this word ends up being Jesus. And this word was with God. It sounds like Genesis 1. It sounds like in the beginning, creation. It's this large cosmic image, this universal image. And then it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's Jesus. And then there was a man named John who was sent as a witness to this Jesus. And it says there, it introduces this word also as the light. Like this word was the light to light up all of humanity. Right? The only true light. There might be like false lights, little lights, dim lights, but the true light was this word, this Jesus, right? John chapter 1 also describes Jesus as the life, right? The true life. Jesus was the light. Jesus was the true life. And what John is saying is, I was sent ahead to deliver the message, to announce It's like when my kids, uh, Cameron, who's three, is really into being a princess and watching. She says, I'm a princess. And I'm like, is this nature or nurture? She she dresses up in her princess outfits. And I'm like, who taught her to be a princess and to like princess things? I don't know, because my son doesn't do princess things or 
he plays with cars and sticks and stuff like that, but she just loves being the princess. And she comes to me, King Appa, King Daddy, Your Majesty. <laughs> right? And she says, Introducing the king! And we think about when there's royalty or very important people, there's usually a caravan, an entourage, or you know, a group of trumpeteers you know, to announce the coming. Right? And that's actually where the word gospel comes from, the good news. Right? It's back in the uh, Roman Empire days, before the Caesar would, would enter into the city, people would declare, here is the good news of Caesar coming. Right? Bow down, give praise. The gospel of Caesar. And so when we, when, what John is saying is, I'm bringing the good news of this life of this word, of this light, who gives life to all humanity, who gives, uh, shines light so that all may see, who is the word become flesh so that we could actually um, feel and touch and embrace God. I'm announcing him, and this is good news. And this church is the gift of joy. Good news. All of us need good news. Amen. You know, whether that's financial struggles, whether that's physical illness and sickness, whether that's children who are struggling and maybe they're not behaving or becoming the people that we dreamed that they would be. You know, I always wrestle with the fact that my son probably won't be an NFL superstar because he's the smallest kid in his class, you know. And that's great disappointment, right? Um, so we wrestle. We wrestle with the things that we read about going on in the world, uh, of wars, of natural disasters, of people being exploited, of political turmoil, of disunity um, in our own country, of racial strife and injustice, of gender, of um, a misuse of power. And we wonder, is there a God? Where are you, God? Are you going to change things? Because this is really tough. And some of us get come into the winter season and it's really difficult for us emotionally. Right? The skies are dark for 90 days and rain hits us. Right? It's like the great flood is upon us and there's no light for three months and I'm just so sad. Right? There's nothing, I just don't want to get out of bed. I just don't want to put effort, you know, at my job today, at relationships. It's just too hard. And we need a special delivery, right? That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for God to show up and surprise us. In this passage, we see a man, John, whose identity is in question. 
the Pharisees are questioning him as a witness, who are you? John's uh, response reveals who he is not. One, he's not Jesus, he's not the Messiah, he's not a prophet, he's not Elijah. And his response also reveals to what he is called. I've come as a witness to the light. And it also reveals who Jesus is. John's very identity is, I'm not Jesus, right? I'm a witness to Jesus, and Jesus is the Lord. And Jesus is great. I can't even tie his sandals. And he's amazing, let me tell you. And I'm so excited. And this is good, both good news for us, and it's good news for people around us. One, it's good news because we get to be with Jesus and have new life. And two, we're also, it's good news, it's a message to the church. As a church, we're called to be witnesses like John. And the same kind of identity applies. We're not Jesus, right? But we're witnesses of Jesus. We're deliverers of that good news. We're deliverers of the hope and the love and the peace and the joy that God has, that Christ has for the world. But we are not Jesus. We're deliverers of that. And also, in our witness, we proclaim, we proclaim who Jesus is. That as we love, as we serve, as we witness, as we are carriers of all of this good news, people get to see who Jesus is, right? By your love, by our love for one another and for the world, they will know that I am Jesus, that I'm Christ and Savior. And the most precious things, again, are delivered and carried. Just like that present I got yesterday, right? To be witness means that we carry a precious message, a good news that the world needs. It's the light of humanity. So, like the cliche says, can I get a witness, right? <laughs> Amen? This is what John is saying. I am a witness, and I can't help it. Have any of you been excited about something so excited you just needed to tell everybody? I do this all the time when I watch some Netflix show that I love. And right, it gets lost in translation all the time. It's like, this is the most awesome show. So I go to my wife, this is the most awesome show I've ever watched. It's so awesome. You know, I can't explain it. You just got to watch it. Right? And it's like, she's like, uh, you really sold it there. Right? But when we get so excited, right? It's we feel things so much more than we can explain it to people. Because we're limited, language is limited, ourselves are limited. Right? And this is John, he's like, man, I'm not worthy, but someone's coming. This guy's coming and he's awesome. Right? I can't even touch him, he's so hot. I'm like, he's hot. He's hot. Right? He's the next big thing. And it's good news. And it's joy 
And people felt that. When Jesus came, they wanted to be around him. And I think church, it's been a long time. I grew up in the church. I'm a pastor's kid, right? How long has it been since it's like, man, church is awesome, <laughs> right? You need to come. This is so good. Right? Come to this church. Come and meet Jesus. Because there's so many things that get in the way a lot to people meeting and seeing Jesus in the body of Christ. And sometimes I get so into my, like, oh, you know, my issues and my, and I forget that being with Jesus is so awesome. Being in love with Jesus is so awesome. It's a gift. Do you remember? And that's what it means to be witness, is to just tell people about this guy, this person that you're in love with. And he's so amazing that you want everyone else to meet him. And that's what John was all about. That's my whole identity, my whole life. I'm just here to be the rug that's rolled out, right? The red carpet. I'm the red carpet, and Jesus is going to walk on me. And that's a good message. Like, get out of the way and lay your life down so that Jesus can meet people. Amen? What does that look like? We are his witnesses, it says in Acts. Advent is a reminder that we are waiting on Christ, who is the heavenly come in the flesh, the spiritual in the material, and the material being given power and hope. And we are asked, actually we're invited, to order our lives around this incarnation, this coming Jesus, who is new life, who is new hope, who is joy, who is peace, who is love, who is God with us, we wait because when we wait, we prioritize that which we are waiting for. We are putting other things on hold because we believe this is the most vital thing. We put all of our chips in with this guy. The funny thing is we begin to order our lives around Jesus Christ as we wait and hope. When we do this, we become filled with his light, right? When we wait and order our lives around Jesus, we become more like Jesus. And we're filled with his light. And we become witnesses to this light because we get new life. Look at our vision statement. Renew. We are renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhood, right? When we are loved, when we order our lives around this waiting anticipation of Jesus, we begin to gain new life. We begin to be renewed by God, right? It's why any parent says to their child, wait, 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 right? Because in waiting, something happens, right? You're, you're, you're changed in some way. And we become transformed because in our heart, 
a baby is born who speaks good news to our soul. Amen? The miracle of love already happened at Jesus' birth. The Word became flesh, God with us. This is good news. Amen? Amen. This is true life. Amen? Amen. This is the light of all the world. Amen? Amen? Joy, the gift of the Son bringing life into our lives right now. Participate. Receive today. Let's pray.